You want to find your tribe of raving fans. I'm going to help you do it. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media, where we help you do better business. Hey, everybody. This is Justin Lam, and you're watching episode... I think we're at episode 14 of Digging Deep, where we help business owners uh, build better businesses. Today, I am joined by Paul Tofoli of the, the TRG Residential uh, Realty Group. Um, he's been a real estate agent for 18 years and has been a master medallion recipient for the last 11 He's been featured um, as a superstar of Vancouver by the Courier uh, newspaper, as well as the Georgia Strait Best of Vancouver Awards. Paul, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Justin. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Uh, so how are things? Are you cooped up in the house with the kids? Cooped up with the house, uh, with the kids, the dog, uh, my wife, Sandra, and uh, interesting challenges for sure. Uh, and so what's been uh, keeping you busy uh, seeing that uh, the world seem seemingly is standing still? Well, you know, the first part of uh, COVID was uh, just making sure that, like everyone, making sure my family was safe. We had our systems in place for, uh, for uh, food and all that kind of stuff. And then kids into school, on, you know, online schooling and, and uh, all those pieces. It's been an interesting challenge. Yeah, it has been an interesting challenge, uh, and I can't I can't imagine what what that's got to be like when when your kids are in that transition period when when they're you know between elementary school and and high school. Um, there's a lot that gets missed and and things that uh, that kind of fall by the wayside. Oh, for sure. Uh, particularly uh, for the 14 year old, he really misses the social piece. You know, he wants to be with his buddies, goofing around, and and. Uh, so we're finding some online ways for them to do that. A lot of, lot of gaming going on and stuff, but uh, um, it's, definitely, uh, it's definitely hard on them. And, and um, we're just trying to make it a little better. What's going on in the real estate world for you? Uh, so it's an interesting time, obviously, like in everybody's lives. Um, we've been, you know, really when the lockdown happened, sort of, uh, rolling into spring break, we felt like the market was normal. It was actually a very active year. Um, we've had a couple of slow years uh, since there was some tax measures put in to slow down the foreign buyers and different, uh, some different things. So uh, it's been since 2017, the market in, in Vancouver has been kind of slowing down. And this was really the first spring where we had that sense of excitement and that sense of urgency where we're starting to see some multiple offers uh, coming to market. So in, in the second half of February, in the beginning of March, we were kind of starting to see that uh, energized spring market that we hadn't had for a couple of years. And then um, spring break was about to happen. You know, I had my scheduled family time over spring break. Uh, we were supposed to go to Whistler for a week. We're supposed to go down to Scottsdale for a week. And as soon as the provincial government made the announcement that travel, you know, don't travel, stay at home, state of emergency uh, was coming up, all of a sudden things seemed to go on pause. And, you know, in some ways, I'm not sure if that was 
all of the individual agents saying, holy smokes, there's the world's changing, what do we do? Or if, if it was the market, I think it was a combination but uh, of both. But really what we saw is buyers all of a sudden were like, we're not sure where this market's going. We're not sure where this world is going. And is it a smart time to be spending money on such a major investment and, and make uh, such long-term financial decisions? And so the market really seemed to go on pause, though it wasn't totally frozen. I'll, I'll, and I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, as we've evolved, so we've been in this state for, you know, we're coming up at the end of April. So it's been about six weeks now. Um, what I'm seeing now is there's, there's definitely more activity in the marketplace. Um, you know, I looked at the stats uh, this week, I actually, uh, went, went uh, from, to a, uh, meet a new client yesterday. And we were looking at, at listing his place for sale. And one of the things that I looked at was the stats overall. So in the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver, which is uh, from Whistler to Coquitlam, uh, doesn't include the Fraser Valley, doesn't include Surrey and, and uh, the other side of the river, but Vancouver, New West, Richmond, um, all of that area. There's been around a thousand transactions or, or deals put together in the last 30 days, which is about probably 40, 30 to 40% of what we would have seen if the market had continued on the trajectory that I was, you know, that we were seeing uh, at the first part of March. So it's down and it'll be down from last year's stats as well. However, it's significant. It's a thousand transactions. There's a thousand buyers and sellers who have gotten together and decided to, to buy and sell property. Uh, and that, that tells me the market's not totally frozen up. Um, one of those transactions was a property that I sold. Uh, it was a property in Vancouver. Uh, we'd actually had it listed prior, uh, you know, the week prior to the, to the lockdown. We'd actually uh, done an open house and had a uh, number, you know, actually we had quite a few people through the property. Um, but we didn't get any offers out of that, out of that process. And so we were on the market uh, during COVID. We had some different um, uh, marketing things done. We had a Matterport tour done, uh, which, you know, basically online you can walk through and, and look at the property, go into each room and control it yourself and put some different marketing things together. And out of that, we had a showing request from a realtor. His client came, we did the showing live with you know proper social distancing. We had a hand washing station set up downstairs in the bathroom, all those things. And out of that, we received an offer and we were able to negotiate a price that the seller was happy with. And we sold that. And what that told me is there's buyers out there who are looking to buy. Now, that property was a little easier than some because it was a vacant property. Uh, so showings were no problem. I didn't have to get tenant permission. We didn't have sellers that were concerned about people coming into their house, uh, to their home. Um, so there were some benefits or some, some things that made selling that one a little easier, but there was somebody who was interested in buying. So um, what that's telling me is that there's still a market out there and the fact we've seen a thousand sales in the last month and I'm actually starting to see more energy in the market in the last couple of weeks. Uh, certainly this, 
you know, last week uh, I was in the office talking to the conveyancers and she's seeing a lot of deals come through that are actually firm sales. So um, maybe not like a normal market, but there's life. So that's interesting um, because generally when an economic uh, event such, of the, such as this happens, um, there's usually a shift in the economics. And so where would you imagine or project um, the housing prices in Vancouver to move um, over the next course of three, maybe five years, um, given what's happened now and, and how the world has kind of stood still? So three to five years is, is a ways out. I don't think I can, I can give you, um, I can give you a sense of where I, I think we're going to go. And this is based on um, what we saw in 2009, 2008, 2009 with the financial crisis and the banking crisis. Um, and also just thinking about where my personal thoughts went when this whole crisis hit. Um, my sense is, you know, we're going to see a lack of, we've, we've got uh, less transactions now. The people who are buying are people who are motivated for various reasons. Maybe they've been renting and they want to have the security of owning a property. Um, there has been a lack of supply in the market moving up to this. So now that there's a bit more supply and maybe uh, less buyers out there, people feel they can go and negotiate on a property. Um, and, and there's less um, competition for those properties. Where I see things, and it's more the next three to six months that, that I can maybe talk about. And it's really going to depend how we come out of this. So things that are pushing energy into the market are interest rates are at historical lows. Uh, the federal government has cut, uh, you know, the overnight rate to 0.25%. I've never seen it that low. Uh, could it go lower? Maybe. Um, the banks uh, are, you know, you can you can finance it under 3%. Uh, you can do float variable rates at prime or prime minus a half. Um, so we've seen some incredibly low interest rates. Um, those people who have steady income and secure jobs who are confident that they're going to have income moving forward, that makes it very attractive to buy uh, the low interest rates. Um, where I see some um, choppy waters coming up and some uncertainty is what happens with those people who are not able to work, who've had to shut down their businesses. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people in the hospitality industry who have had to close restaurants, who have had to close different businesses, and they're not sure where their income's gonna come from in the future. So if we start seeing that um, people are going to have to sell under duress. So they have to sell their house or their condo uh, because they're not gonna be able to make their payments. If we start seeing that happening, then that's gonna put downward pressure. If we start seeing a flood of that type of uh, transaction, um, we haven't seen that yet. And I don't think we would likely see that for six to 12 months because we would have, uh, first of all, the banks have, have allowed people to stop making payments for the next three to six months. Um, so that's not, that's going to take the pressure off, off those payments. Um, 
if there are foreclosures or people do have to sell urgently, there's a time lag. It takes time for the banks to go through the foreclosure process. Uh, the federal government and the provincial government have made lots of statements about how they want to support homeowners so we don't see that type of disruption. So, it, as I said, it really comes down to if we get to a place where people are going to have to sell urgently because financially it can't make it, that's where we will see prices come down and where we will start to see a significant correction in the real estate market. My scared mind goes to that place. You know, that's where I, I come out and say, I don't see how we can't have some downward pressure on the market because there's not going to be, you know, just because of the economic challenges that uh, so many people are facing. Um, my sense, and, and again, it comes down to what happens with COVID. If we're out of this thing in eight to 10 months, and life's back to normal, well, then I don't think it'll be a long-term uh, shock to the real estate market. I think it'll be a dip like we had in 2009. We'll have six to 12 months of slow market, and that'll pick up on the other side. But if we're in a situation which is probably more realistic, which is 18 to 24 months before they come up with a, with a vaccine or a cure or something where people can actually get back to normal daily lives, then I think there's a significant risk will have um, a downturn in the uh, in the real estate market. Um, and what does that look like? I don't know. I mean, it's just too early to tell. All of that said, if I, if you know, you asked me to look three to five years out, if I'm to look three to five years out, I think we've rebounded from this, we've recovered from this, and that the real estate market in Vancouver is healthy and robust again. Um, it's just, we're so fortunate to live in such a desirable place. Uh, we have a strong and stable government. We have, I think, a provincial and a federal government that are leading the way in the world in terms of reacting to COVID and, uh, and, and keeping the population safe, putting liquidity into the uh, financial system, reducing interest rates, doing all the things that are needed to support the populace, you know, making cash payments to people who are out of work. All of those things are going to do things to protect, protect us as a whole. And so if I look at Canada and, and BC and the lower mainland five years in the future, I think it's actually a pretty positive outlook. And if I, if I live somewhere else in the world, this is a place I'm going to want to move to. So, uh, you know, that will provide more pressure on our, on our real estate market again. Well, that's an interesting way to put it. And, and, you know, from a, from a larger, you know, more a wider point of view, I think that's a, that's a good way to, to, to see how that market could, could possibly, you know, rebound and, and, and push forward with strength. So that being said, if you, were a person on the fence about purchasing property because there are clearly people who are on the fence purchasing property because in the back of people's heads people are thinking well is it a bubble is it going to pop should i wait and then pick up the carnage or should i get in and then ride it out and pick it up where it might not be a big drop as it is right now, but 
three to five years from now, I'll still be ahead. What do you think about that? Yeah, so that's, that's an interesting question. It's kind of a, it's, it's not a new question. Um, it's, you know, I, I have clients asking me that question all the time. Um, it's interesting. The peak of the Vancouver real estate market was in 2017. So prices have come down significantly between 2017 and 2019. Um, you know, particularly in the west side of Vancouver, some of the more expensive uh, homes, we've seen prices come down 30 to 40% since the peak. Um, in the more affordable range, so houses in the east side of Vancouver, uh, condos, you know, anything under a million dollars, which, you know, as we say, a million dollars is a hell of a lot of money. But in Vancouver real estate, it sort of puts it in the more affordable realm. Um, in those price ranges, we've seen things come down 15 to 20% since 2017. So uh, we've already come off that peak. If it was a bubble, the bubble has been significantly deflated. Okay. And it didn't happen in a pop. It was all over in one day. I don't think these things often do, though I haven't had uh, experience with that. But it has come down like the air's come out of the balloon a little bit. And so uh, if we were at those prices and this happened, would there be more of a shock? Yes. Is there more room for the market to go down? Yes, I think there definitely is. What I'm advising people is if they are thinking about purchasing to live in, then Start looking at the market now. Get engaged with the real estate agent now. Start looking online, seeing, seeing what prices are. You know, doing the 3D tours, doing the virtual open houses, uh, doing some of those things. And, you know, um, just starting to understand what a property that uh, your ideal property or your affordable property looks like in terms of price in today's market. And then if you track that and follow that over the next, 90 days, you're going to start to see a trend. Is that market staying flat? Is it going up? You're going to have to make that, you know, people are going to have to make that judgment for themselves. Um, what I tell my clients is, you know, I can tell you where I think things are going to go, but everybody, uh, so nobody has a perfect crystal ball. We do our best, but nobody has a perfect crystal ball. What I want people to think about is what are their end goals? So if I'm a first time buyer, and I'm thinking that I want to buy a place that's going to, that I'm going to live in for three to five years or maybe longer, depending what happens with my life, my life circumstances, then, okay, where do those properties look like? What do those prices look like now? Interest rates are affordable. Um, what are my job prospects right now? What are my, what are my, what's my personal financial situation? Am I in a very stable position? Um, and then look at the pricing, see what happens over the next sort of 90 days. And if you're seeing a downward trend, then okay, maybe that will continue. Um, if you're looking at it and it seems quite stable, and we're gonna also start to see what happens as we come out of uh, some of the social, the strict social isolation as people start going back to work, um, we're gonna start seeing what's happening around the world, particularly down in the US, because there's a lot of different factors down in the U.S. and, and throughout, of the world, throughout the world that, that are going to affect our lives here. So start doing your research now, and people are going to be able to make judgments for themselves moving forward. Is there a chance that there'll be, things will be cheaper in the future or significantly cheap, cheaper? 
I think there's a chance. Um, is it 10%? Is it 20%? Maybe. Is it 50%? I don't think so. Um, so, you know, what are your goals? If it's, you can never really perfectly time the market. You want to be, you know, you, you can, you can buy close to the bottom. Are we close to the bottom now? I think we're close. Yes. I think we're closer to the bottom than we were two years ago, obviously. So I guess the answer is that's going to be a different question, a different answer for every individual, but definitely what I, what I recommend is start looking at the market now. Um, and think what the reason is that you're buying for. If it's just purely a financial investment, if you're buying an investment place, maybe now's the, the ideal time to buy. With some of the new rules around tenancies, uh, we're not, you're not allowed to evict somebody for non-payment of rent. You're not allowed to evict somebody for particularly any reason right now. So buying an investment property might be more of a challenge. But if you're looking for a place to live and you want some stability in your life, you know what? Might not be a bad time to buy right now because there's going to be more availability, um, less competition. I think we're going to go through a time where the market's going to be flat, maybe go down a bit. And as we come out the other side of this, because of low interest rates, pent up demand, the government's been pouring a lot of liquidity into, you know, cash into the world. I think there's a chance that we might see a very hot market coming out the other side of this. Um, case in point, 2009, um, the market in Vancouver stopped almost dead for about six months. Uh, I, I remember I did a grand total of two transactions in that six month period. And when we came out of that, due to low interest rates and pent up demand, the market took off on a tear for about a year. And I did six transactions a month for the next six months. So I think there's the potential coming out the other side of this to see a significant uh, increase in demand. The question is, when will that be? And that, that depends so much on, on this disease and, and how quickly the world is able to get on top of it. So I like that uh, you alluded to people taking a look in, and scoping out property and locations um, now while they're you know, in, in, a, in a position where they're kind of sitting on the fence. And so much of that, of that has changed in the last two or three months and how people you know, kind of scope that out. And do you have any tips or, or, or hints on you know, how a person can kind of go and and narrow those things down. Like I think a lot of people who dream lofty dreams about buying a house in Vancouver don't necessarily know, you know, where to really start looking or where to to kind of pick at so that they can kind of narrow down uh, a place or at least a, a localized, um, you know, suburb or 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 neighborhood, so to speak. Do you have any things that you can share? Sure. I mean, I think. Um... For most people, um, I think, well, certainly if people are, you know, moving to Vancouver, you're going to rent in a neighborhood. I think that can often be uh, a good place to start. Where are you living now? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Um, talking with friends, where do your friends and colleagues live? Um, affordability is a huge factor, right? What, what are, you know, <clears throat> if you're looking at buying something for 500 or $600,000, 
you're not looking for a house on the west side of Vancouver. So there's certain things that are going to just by definition um, restrict where you can go in terms of cost and price. But once you once you understand, okay, I'm looking for a townhouse, it's gonna cost, I can afford $750,000. I've got a down payment from you know a previous property I owned or family or savings or whatever the case may be. You're gonna narrow it down to probably a half dozen different neighborhoods. Then you're gonna think about where do I live, where do I want, where do I live now, where do I work, commute times, all those types of things sort of go into the mix. Um, then I think it's really important to, you know, and again, talking to friends and colleagues, you're gonna narrow it down to maybe three to six type of neighborhoods. I think talking to a realtor, a uh, real estate agent who has experience working in those in those neighborhoods, talking about pros and cons, talking about lifestyle, uh, things you're gonna to wanna to look at. Um, you know, I remember when I bought my first house, I was in my 30s and um, I wasn't thinking about schools for kids. I wasn't thinking about, you know, I was single at the time. Uh, I was just like, yeah, convenience. Uh, where's the restaurants? Uh, you know, I actually ended up buying the place that I was renting because it was just kind of landed in my lap and I liked living there. Um, so um, thinking about sort of thinking, talking to someone who can help you think about a bigger picture than just what you're living in now. Uh, and then starting to do some of those virtual tours. You know, if people have vehicles, do drive-bys, go do a, a, a social distancing walk, uh, you know, go to the neighborhood, go at different times of, of, of the week and the day, go on a Saturday evening and, and just walk around in the dark even, just see how that feels. Is it comfortable? Does it feel safe? Go on a Friday morning, go on a, you know, weekday morning, go on a, a weekend afternoon, just to get a sense of the neighborhood. What's the vibe? How does it feel? Um, you know, when the restaurants are open again, am I going to be, uh, you know, going, finding what I want to, want to, want to do? Where's the nearest grocery store? Is it walking distance? Is it biking distance? So doing some of those things are just as good research. And what I used to tell people was go to open houses on the weekend. It's a great way to sort of get a sense and a vibe of the neighborhood. Well, we can't do those weekend open houses anymore. Uh, just not possible. Uh, but there are, uh, virtual tours, there are virtual open houses that can be done. And once people sort of narrowed it down to a couple of different neighborhoods, you know, working with a real estate agent, I think it's really a, a really important to actually go and see the inside of properties, just to see whether what you're seeing online on floor plans fits for where you are. So uh, what does that look like? Often it's social, you know, if properties aren't vacant, which many of them aren't, uh, realtors are asking that buyers be serious and, and we get that, but maybe there's some vacant properties out there that we can talk to and say, look, we're new buyers. We're, we're getting a sense of what we're looking at. Um, we may be wearing gloves and masks when we're going in and they're going to be brief tours, but doing some of those things are important. Uh, and as we come out of this, I think we're going to get back to sort of more normalcy. So I think there's, um, there are people um, who have a fear of trying to engage in a real estate agent when they're really not sure about what they're looking for. And in your opinion, uh, you know, how do you feel about people who, 
who are on the fence, I mean, who have capacity, but really are, are quite lost in the process. Um, you know, how do you feel about them, you know, approaching you and asking you to, to, to help them? I mean, is that a waste of time? Um, you know, what could they do to better prepare for that? You know, what are your thoughts? I don't think it's ever a waste of time to meet new people. Um, you know, I, I, I always encourage um, people to reach out to agents to, you know, we used to go sit down and have a coffee, but do a Zoom meeting um, over a coffee. Uh, get a sense of, you know, it, look, it's a, re, it's, it's a very big proposition buying a property. It's, there's emotional risk, there's financial risk, um, there's uncertainty. All of those things, you really need to be comfortable with the person who's helping guide you through that process. So you want to sit down with the real estate agent you're working, working with or you're thinking of working with and having that conversation, making sure there's a comfort level, number one. And number two, you know what? There's no such thing as a stupid question. Like you have to find a way to get the questions answered. What I encourage people is as soon as they're thinking, you know, if they're thinking that they may want to buy in the next six to 18 months, then Engage with an agent now, get the questions answered. You know, as the, you know, the question you just asked, what do we need to do to prepare? Well, have you thought about financing? Have you talked to a mortgage broker? Have you, uh, you know, have you got your down payment set aside? Do you know how much down payment you need? Uh, you typically need about a 5% deposit cash. Is that readily available? Or not cash, but you know, in the bank. Is that readily available or is it tied up in investments? Um, Again, the questions you had about neighborhood, the questions about process, um, understanding what a leaky condo looks like, understanding the risks in the marketplace, um, you know, understanding your motivation for buying a property. Is the motivation just to have a safe place to live where nobody can kick you out if, you, you know, if you've been renting? Um, is it uh, financial security? Is it... Um, you want to, you're not comfortable having money in the stock market anymore and you'd rather have it in real estate because you've seen the volatility in the stock market. So all of those things uh, are questions that need to be answered. And I think it's never too early to talk to someone. So I'm always happy to answer people's questions, even if there's, they're not looking at buying in the foreseeable future. Um, we form relationships, right? That's, that's how we do it. And you know what? They may know somebody who's actually ready to buy in two weeks. And there may be a connection. So, so I always encourage people to start um, start forming those relationships early. And so, what are some red flags, um, you know, for a real estate agent uh, or for for the consumer when they're finding a real estate agent? You know, when they're talking to them, what are some red flags that they should be they should be aware of to to know either that person um, doesn't have their uh, best interest in mind and or um, have other ulterior motives? Well, it's always about connection, right? Everybody's got different personalities. Um, some, you know, I, I'll have a great connection with one person and I won't have as good a connection with the other. So the things that I always say are critically important when you're any trusting relationship, whether it's a financial advisor, real estate agent, legal advisor, um, anybody you're working with, you want to make sure that you have a sense of trust with that person. That's the number one thing. Um, is this, is this someone who you connect with on a genuine gut level? 
where you feel that they're not just trying to sell you. Uh, you want to make sure that there's a, a human connection uh, uh, on the first level. That's number one. Number two, level of expertise uh, and, and level expertise in the specific type of property that you're looking for. So, um, you know, I've met clients who said, you know, my, my, my best friend just got the real estate license. They've been doing it for three months but I'm not comfortable working with them because they're too new. Um, I get it. There's also people who will say, well, this guy's been a real estate agent for 25 years and he just doesn't seem to take me seriously. Everything's just easy. I don't seem to get a genuine focus from, from that person. So again, you just, you want to make sure that there's a connection with the individual. I always recommend getting recommendations from friends and family. Um, you know, have they used this realtor before? Have they had a good experience? Were there anything that concerned them? Um, uh, so I would say genuine con connection, um, experience in the type of property that you're looking at, um, and, and making sure that that person's going to have the capacity to deal with them. So um, I, I work with a team. There's, there's three of us on the team. Um, and we have the capacity to work with quite a few different clients, but I'm not working with hundred clients at a time. I don't want to work with hundred clients at a time. I'm not going to have the time and energy to give those individuals. Um, also because we're a small team, every one of our team members knows our clients. Well, uh, some of the larger teams, that's very difficult. You know, you're going to have 10 to 15 people on a team and you've got hundred clients who's doing what that can be very challenging. So you want to make sure that there's people who have a, a genuine concern, who are knowledgeable, who are professional, and who have the capacity and expertise to deal with you. So are you a gambling man? Not much. I'm pretty, I'm pretty security conscious. Uh, um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I like to think that my job is my, is my risk. I work, uh, I work on a hundred percent commission. So, uh, that's enough risk for me. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, if you, want to, if you want to have a fun wager and, uh, and figure out uh, what will be the hottest neighborhood coming out of COVID to purchase? The hottest neighborhood? Sure. I'll, 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 I'll uh, gee, that's a tough one, eh? The hottest neighborhood coming out of COVID. I don't think it's going to change much from what's gone into COVID. So what do so, you got? You got a guess? You got a bet? So I, I, have, a, I have a feeling... Um, anything near waterfront is going to be um, back on, on the heated market and, and not maybe traditionally like in the Cole Harbor area, but more so um, either Olympic village, if you're in the Vancouver area uh, or Steveston, I think we'll see a rise. Um, those would be my two first bets in, in that. I think people um, realize by being pent up in a household um, in, in crowded neighborhoods, uh, that having a little bit of extra space and, and that little breezeway um, you know, near the water uh, could quite, quite, um, can be quite appealing uh, at this point. Yeah, I, I think you, you're probably right. Um, the other piece that, that is an interesting challenge is, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate. Uh, I, I, I was born long enough ago that I, I 
was able to buy a house. Uh, and so I'm, I'm living in a house with, with my family of four and my, and our dog. And we've got enough space that we can, we can distance from each other, <laughs> even though we're, we're kind of cooped up and it's nice to have a yard and a front yard and a backyard. Um, and you know, I, I just can only empathize with those people who are with a family of four living in a, in a two or three bedroom condo downtown where they got to go up and down elevators all the time. So I think some, anything with your own front door, uh, townhouse, uh, half duplex, anything like that is definitely going to be uh, um, even more desirable than it was previously. The affordability has always been the challenge. People have liked houses and, and so forth, but affordability has always been a challenge. So I think, I think you're right. Um, things with a little extra space and, you know, parks nearby, all of that stuff so that people can get out and into some fresh air for sure. You know, we might actually see a upsurge in studio apartments, you know, knowing that uh, in the future, the, the couples will need to have a break from each other and send the other one to the other apartment. <laughs> you, you go to the studio. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about real estate in Vancouver. Uh, for those people who are watching and or listening, uh, you can feel free to reach out to Paul. Uh, the links will be in the description below. And, uh, you know, Paul, thank you again so much for, for being here today. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it.